ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House Daily Reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 520, if you will, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, in the present, and in the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 through 22. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. And uh, I pray that everybody else uh, is the same way on that. Under the sound of my voice, give us your strength, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to understand it, to comprehend it, to cherish it, to love it, to obey it, to teach it, and to preach it, and to proclaim your Holy Gospel from it so that others would come to know your Savior around the world. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 through uh, verse 22. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding, and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. For he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about, a compass either of them about, rather. And he made two chapters of molten brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of the one chapter was five cubits, and the height of the other chapter was five cubits. 
and nets of checker work and wreaths of chain work for the chapters which were upon the top of the pillars, seven for the one chapter and seven for the other chapter. And he made the pillars and two rows round about upon the one network to cover the chapters that were upon the top with pomegranates, and so did he for the other chapter. And the chapters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. And the chapters upon the two pillars had pomegranates also above, over against the belly, which was by the network. And the pomegranates were two hundred in rows round about upon the other chapter. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jachin. And he set up the left pillar and named the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. And Lord, have it to reach uh, a lodging place in our hearts, our minds, souls, and spirits, and help us to see how detailed you are about how you want things done, and help us to be the way you want us to be in doing the calling you have laid on our hearts. For your glory, praise, and honor, save that soul that is nearest to hell as they hear the gospel now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, uh, I think we're at service 715 or something right now. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast episode 963 where I read the Word of God the Holy Bible and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary uh, or the Matthew Henry Commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. This podcast, my beloved, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly. 
and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the church would be revived is my humble prayer and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in Jesus Christ who said the most important words in the history of the world to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Today, beloved, we're reading Malachi chapter 2, verse 11. Holy Father God, help us to understand your holy word, to comprehend it, and to obey it. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. Dear friends, I just read in your hearing Malachi chapter 2, verse 11. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it with the power and the help of the power of the Holy Ghost and with the help of the BKC. What had been charged in the form of a question was then stated as a fact and explained. The unfaithfulness Malachi had in mind is called a detestable thing, literally an abomination something abhorrent to God. Furthermore, this abominable unfaithfulness involved a profaning of holiness. The word for holiness, apartness, separateness, may refer to the sanctuary, the covenant, the people, or simply the quality of holiness itself. Since the concern of this oracle was the uniqueness and unity of the people, did not one God create us? Holiness may refer here to the quality of distinctiveness or separateness that the Lord desired in Israel, his people, the false, uh, rather, Pardon me. Did not one God create us? Holiness may refer here to the quality of distinctiveness or separateness that the Lord desired in Israel. The abominable unfaithfulness that profaned Israel's holiness was intermarriage with pagans, with lost people who worshipped false gods. Daughter of a foreign god refers to pagan women. 
who worshipped false gods. If it refers to the sanctuary, then possibly the profanation referred to the involvement of these women in temple worship and temple prostitution. Sad to say, and we have a whole lot of that going on today. Uh, such marriages have been expressly forbidden because they would lead the people into idolatry. Intermarrying was a big problem after the return from the exile. The Jews were supposed to marry within their own nation. Failures to do so were acts of unfaithfulness among themselves as well as to God. They involved both a disregard for the nation's corporate nature and disobedience to God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I thank you for your holy word. And Lord, help us who name the name of Christ to examine ourselves and see whether or not we be in the faith and to do your will. Now, Lord, save that soul that is near as hell right now as they hear the gospel. Revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the family verses. And according to my schedule, we are still Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22, 23, and 24, where God is speaking to the wife. And let me just say this for good measure, something that I have preached for years and taught for years because some of our sweet evangelicals, some of our sweet scholars, uh, and sweet Baptists followed, and sweet Charismatics followed, and anybody who wanted to weaken men in the church and build up women in the church um, followed this. And uh, it's evil what they did. It messed up many, many marriages and messed up many families where they taught basically that at some times, uh, at, at, at certain times, uh, the husband ought to submit to the wife. And that is not in the Holy Scriptures at all. Uh, in the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr., that's ass backwards. It has always been ass backwards, to be quite frankly, uh, quite frank rather. Um, and, and what they did was they uh, fused together verses 21 and 22, uh, where the Bible says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. And that is a true statement, but in a church family context. In the family context, uh, Jesus Christ, or rather the Holy Spirit and God, made it very clear the wife is to be in subjection to her husband at all times. And, um, uh, and so verse 21 belongs to 
the segment above it. Walk in wisdom. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. <clears throat> that is, a brother to brother, at times one preacher can submit to another preacher and listen, and, and vice versa, and a woman can submit to another woman, and so forth, and vice versa. Uh, men, uh, women are not to be over men at any time in the church, period, or in the family, period. <clears throat> verse 22 wives submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body therefore just as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. This is God giving commandments to wives. <clears throat> and let me say this, and then I have to go and uh, preach. Uh, and so allow me to say this very quickly. If you have a problem doing that, you are probably a person, a woman, who has never been saved or born again. Because true born-again Christians do not have a problem doing and obeying what God has clearly told them. In fact, they love it. And when they disobey what God has told them, they love the fact that God will check them and chastise them and rebuke them, and they walk around with a heart full of joy. And if they get out of line, they thank God for a husband who will help them get back in line. That's the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of that woman or that man. That's just, and all Christians know this and they can recognize this in other Christians. And you get a, a small group of Christians together who are truly born again, they're nodding their heads and they're saying, Amen. Sometimes they'll say, oh me, I failed in doing that, and they'll admit it and confess it as sin and say, you know what, I thank the Lord for this small group, or I thank the Lord for this church to help uh, keep me accountable to God's word. That's how Christians think. They don't hate God's word because they don't like it and they don't want to do it. <clears throat> God's people, they love God's word. And they love doing it. They love the blessings they get when they do it. And they also appreciate the fact that when God chastises them for not doing it, uh, they, they love the, the fact that they're loved by God. And that he's not going to let them stay the way they are. 
So I say to all women, if you have a problem with these three verses, you have a problem with God, and your husband is not your problem. And the Bible talks about in another passage that I may spend a whole, um, I may spend a whole month on, uh, where it says that even if your husband is not saved, you ought to have a meek and quiet spirit and submit to your husband and honor your husband and obey your husband. And therein lies your blessing. And if you don't want to obey a man, don't marry a man and mess up his life and mess up your children's lives. Okay? Happy Mother's Day. As I move on, let's pray for other families. Let's pray for other people. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of families that don't know your Savior and uh, revive those families who do to do your holy word whether they feel like it or not and help them to experience the peace and joy of obedience. For Lord, uh, you have never blessed obedience in the past, disobedience in the past. You have never blessed disobedience uh, in the present, and you will never bless disobedience. You've never done that. Uh, it's not uh, you, you, it's not in you to do that. And uh, so, Lord, thank you for loving us and helping us as your believers to understand that you expect us to obey you once we get saved and obey your holy word. And Holy Father God, save those families that don't know your Savior, revive those who do know your Savior. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, and for the comfort of the grieving and uh, the mourning around the world. And Lord, we pray that you would have mercy and grace upon us who name the name of Jesus Christ. Please forgive us of our wicked sins of not obeying your great commandment or your great commission and help us to repent of our sins and to change. For your glory, praise, and honor, and so that millions of others will hear the gospel and be saved. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we pray also, help us to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent of our sins. Pardon me, Lord, repent of our sins, and uh, get back to you, our first love, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, for all people who are in the ministry of government, save their souls from the pa from the president on down, all the way around to the Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, let your will be done in Ukraine. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of these servants, government servants and ministers 
and we pray for the revival of the saved. We pray, Lord, for uh, all of them that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell uh, of those who have that problem out of those who have that problem in their lives and so that they will be useful in their respective ministry and holy father god we pray lord for your protection of all of your christian people everywhere from persecution and we pray that you will grant them your grace in their trying hours and in their dying hours if necessary prepare us all for good days and bad days celebrations and tragedies, weddings and funerals, life and death. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, and Lord, we pray, as we have already prayed for the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague around the country and across the, uh, around the world. We pray for a few by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Ohio resident Darrell J. Robinson, Sr. We pray for the family and friends of Virginia resident Lithia Compton-Smith. We pray for the family and friends of Montana veteran Jerry Robert Olson. We pray for the family and friends of Nevada engineer Dan Peresini. Peresini. We pray for the family and friends of Montana Pastor Kenneth James Ross. And we pray, Lord, for Vicki, as she is uh, warning us to pray for a man, for his salvation and comfort and leadership. As we pray now, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests. We pray for the thousands that we've had the privilege to pray for down through the years. Help all of us to humble ourselves and to pray. And, uh, Lord, to pray to you. Help them to pray to you and help us to pray for them. Help them to pray for us. And uh, we pray now for Raphael as well. Please protect him from persecution and strengthen him. Lord, in Fort Worth, Texas, we pray for him. Naeem, please protect all persecuted Christians and provide all hungry families and children with enough food. Bless Naeem with food packages to give to families. Bless him with $7,000 for Bibles, uh, for money to buy shoes and clothes for the poor children as well as heaters for the cold. And now, Lord, we pray for Will. Please help him not to feel alone. And Lord God in heaven, we pray uh, for the people who have gotten saved through this ministry. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you for the thousands who have. We pray for a few. We pray for Christy, uh, L, uh, C.O., Zach, and Joe. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray, Lord, for Dorothy, Dennis, Dada, Ebenezer, and Joseph. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you next time. I have to go preach now. Hopefully you can join us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray for us. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, these are the words of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, that means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten Son, God gave up his only begotten Son, to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our taking God's name in vain, and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him The word whosoever means anybody at any time. The word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in him, Jesus Christ. Should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10:9 and 13 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou you shalt be saved for whosoever whosoever that, there's that word again whosoever anybody at any time whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be Saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved. But believe 
in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart. Only you can do that. That Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven. I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner, and I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins past and to truly repent of my sins present and to turn from my evil life and to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9, uh, and this is what the book title is based on, I am the door, Jesus Christ said, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. 